Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the City of Angels where everybody's excited. Kidding about the World Series, which gets underway tomorrow at Chavez Ravine. Uh, we'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, tomorrow, my boy Matt Holiday checked in, said uh, he wants to come on uh, for every game. Give us a sense of what we're going to see starting pitchers, things that you should know. So you'll have uh, the insights of uh, Major League Baseball, perennial all-star, and get his thoughts on on the series, part of the team that just lost to the Houston Astros. Here, I, I want to get to the NFL and how I compare it um, kind of to an M. Night Shyamalan movie a little bit. I'm trying to think. We'll, we'll challenge my man John Ramos, who of course is our resident movie expert, to try and find the other movies it reminds him of. Talk about NFL in just a second. But to anyone who thinks that uh, brands don't matter. Remember, was it last week or the week before, 
Is it Sean Combs? Is it Puff Daddy? P. Diddy? Is it Diddy? What the hell is his name now? Sean Puffy Combs? He's been all of those things. You know who I'm talking about, right? He's a music mogul, and I think he's a millionaire. I'm, I don't think he's a billionaire. I don't think it was with a B. I think it's. I think he has two commas, not three. But the bigger point is, he remember he wanted to start his own professional football league? We're like, good luck with that. Because the reason it won't happen is the same reason many of you don't care nearly as much about the World Series as you would have had the Yankees beaten the Houston Astros. The Astros, and and first of all, Astro fan, can you give it a, you're going to have to give it a rest for the next two weeks with the, we always loved our team. The Astros are the first team to tank and win and compete for a championship. They tanked going back to 2013. They were remarkably bad, over 100 losses. But anyone from Houston is like, we've always been behind this team. They got a 0.0 local rating on their own network for their own games. You can put color bars up and get more people to watch their more people to watch than watch their games back in 2013. There was willful disdain for the Houston Astros. The bigger point is this. Uh, there is no buzz about the World Series, even though the Dodgers are trying to win it for the first time since they were in it last in 88. And the Astros, most people don't even know they're in the American League, are, have they ever won a World Series? Well, there you go. This is the power of brands. The Astros are a better team than the Yankees. They have better starting pitching. They have a way better lineup. Top to bottom, they're better. Could you, is Giles as, and the rest of their bullpen as dependable as the Yankees' bullpen? Probably not, but Robertson got hit. Dylan Batances is a mess. It's, it's not, not like Araldis Chapman hasn't been hit in a World Series before. But the, the starting pitching is so much better for the Astros. And the hitting is so much more consistent for the Astros. They have the AO MVP and they have some of the bright young players in the game. But the fact is that people don't care in comparison. I'm not saying no one cares, but had had the Dodgers been playing the Yankees, that's all anybody would talk about. The history of it, two marquee franchises, one former New York team, the the greatest New York team. And this is where I I I Look, I moved to California, back to California from New York. And yes, New Yorkers do think that the the earth and solar system revolves around the island of Manhattan. But in some ways, it's true. Because the power of the brand of the New York Yankees is that, is, is that strong. 27 titles, an iconic logo, an iconic stadium, an iconic brand. And with them not in it, it's just a, another series that, wait, isn't this an NL West game? Yeah, Astros used to be in the Dodgers division. So, too, the Braves and the Cincinnati Reds. Can't explain the past in baseball. Don't want to. I want to get to the NFL. Because here's what it feels like. Here's what it feels like. A lot of something that I don't know exactly what it is, right? Like, I walked in today and I said to Ryan Music, and he he offered up a pretty good response. Are the Patriots good now or are the Falcons awful? Uh, that was a hard one. Um, are the Broncos bad now? And the Chargers good now? I don't really know. I mean, like, look, I know the Giants stink. I know that. They have no wide receivers. Last week was the exception. 
What happened this week to Seattle is the rule. I know the Browns are terrible. I don't need to be told that. I picked for you. I was 4-1 of my NFL picks, much better than my college football picks. 4-1 of my NFL picks, and the easiest one to me was the Dallas Cowboys over the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys are starting against C.J. Beathard. Ever heard of him? Probably not. Played at Iowa. Okay. They had they had over a week off with the bye week. And they got Sean Lee back. That was the easiest pick in the history of mankind. It was that simple. And I know the Cowboys are pretty good. They play against a tougher schedule. But the rest of it, like, I'm not... I mean, I guess the Steelers have figured it out, but they still have infighting. I guess the the Seahawks are kind of figuring it out, but they have infighting. I can kind of tell that the Eagles are pretty good, but do I think they're great? I'm still... I'm sure they'll win tonight and maybe prove to me he's partially wrong. I, I kind of feel like I'm watching a movie to which it's not great right now. Um, maybe there's, I, I thought of M. Night Shyamalan, maybe it's more Tarantino, right? Like the Tarantino where you have different scenes cut out of order, but you know at the end it's going to come together. Like you knew the Packers weren't going to really be any good once they lost Aaron Rodgers because he's carried that team and it only, I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I go in tomorrow and ask for a raise. I mean, he's going to get a new contract anyway. Now he makes his point even more clear. But like, the Saints aren't great. I guess the Vikings are good, but they, they're they winning without Stephon Diggs. They're winning without one of their two starting quarterbacks. Like, there's a lot of stuff to which just like stuff. Is Cam Newton bad now? Like, I know he's inconsistent, but now is he more, he's actually getting more consistent, but consistently not good. Everybody says Cam Newton's inconsistent. I I disagree. I think he is consistent. Consistently inaccurate. Consistently below par. Consistently bad. So, I mean, look, I don't know exactly what we have. I know it's going to come together really well. I know it's going to be super competitive. Like, who's the best team in the AFC West? Chiefs have lost two in a row, including losing to the Oakland Raiders. Who is it? So I feel like it's one of those movies, and I'll call on John Romos to kind of maybe give me his thoughts on what movie it is, to where there's just a bunch of scenes to where you make up a bunch of opinions, and you don't know if they're true, but you do know the final scene will answer all the questions, right? Like, oh, you know what it's a little bit like? Ramos? What's that? It's a little bit like, um, what was the last, Rogue One? Rogue One, a Star Wars story. There's a little bit of Rogue One to it, right? A little bit of, because, look, remember Rogue One, it starts to different planets, and it kind of all, and then at the, by the end, it all comes together, and to which you're like, oh, I know where we were at the start, and I know what it leads to at the end. It leads you right to the original Star Wars New Hope episode four, right? That's correct. Right? It, like, perfect order. Like, oh, they kind of wrapped it up in a bow. Like, all right. I, I I probably didn't like that everybody died. but <laughs> Spoiler alert. Outside, spoiler alert. But outside of that, it was very, very enjoyable. But I didn't really know what to make of it for a long time. Your thoughts, uh, oh, movie connoisseur, John Ramos. My thoughts on... 
Like the Rams are good. Like, yes. Am I willing to say yes. the Rams are great? Yes, you should. No, nah, not great. Okay. Right. That's what I'm like. The Rams are like Mike Marks. Have a Coke, a smile, and shut the bleep up. Right. <laughs> like Sean McVay's done an awesome job. He has. They're a good football team. They've surrounded. They have a good kicking game. They, their defense is improving. Their offense is diverse. Their quarterback's pretty good. Do I think that the? Do I get a bet on them to win a Super Bowl? No, I am not. And the Cardinals aren't very good. They They're haven't old. been very good. They're old. And then Carson Palmer broke his arm yesterday. Didn't help. And so they're going against Drew Stanton. So all of those things. Um, so, like, look, it's a lot of something. And I do know at the end, every, everybody but one team will end on, you know, all the playoff teams will end on a loss except for one team. I know I like this, the old everybody dies. I know we'll, we'll end up with one champion. But the how we get there is unique and weird. But I think it's going to end up being pretty good. But I don't really know what to make of it. I know we're supposed to have these strong statements like, oh, okay, Cam Newton. He's consistent, consistently bad. There's one. The Falcons, Steve Sarkeesian, that's not going to work. Okay? That's one of those things which it's not going to work. You're walking, they're walking, this is, you ever been to a wedding like that? Where they walk down the aisle and you turn, you go like six months. Oh. Come on, don't tell me you haven't (laughs) been there. (laughs) I mean... She just got off the stripper pole, you know. He just got he just got off a of Vicodin, and you're like mm, six months, six months. That's Steve Sarkeesian, and I apologize. I didn't mean to make the Sarkeesian and Vicodin reference. Whatever he was, I just meant that that dog won't hunt. That ain't working. Like we kind of know the Steelers, the Patriots. They're gonna be around in the NFC. It's probably gonna be the Cowboys, right? Um. I don't really know who's coming out of the NFC South, but I guess maybe it's the Saints just because they had the best quarterback. I don't know. I mean, don't know what to make the NFC North, NFC West. Guess it's the, I guess the Seahawks and the Rams. We always thought that if the, the Rams ever got an offense, they'd compete with the Seahawks, and the Seahawks don't have much of an offense, but they have a really good quarterback and they make some enough plays. Yes, Ryan Music. Have you seen Memento? I have seen Memento. It's kind of like Memento. The only problem with Memento is at the end, you still don't really know what's going on. So it doesn't compare quite the same. Memento's in backwards order, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, it's it's both. Yeah. It's like half and half. Half of it's playing in chronological order. And then the other half is playing backwards. And then the end of the movie, they meet at the middle. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, I have to go back and watch it. But that's sort of how the NFL is right now. Like, you you kind of understand what's going on. I kind of see some patterns like, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm and in. then every once I'm in a while, something happens, and you're just like, okay, now I'm lost. Yes, I'm totally lost. What just happened? What? Wait, what? How did that happen? That was when the Giants lost to the Broncos last week. That What was, happened? That was, that was that one. And then all they right. get blown out by the Seahawks, and you're like, okay, so yeah, the Giants are bad. Giants are bad. We're, 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 we're good with Giants are bad. Giants are bad. I mean, Tennessee Titans... Probably should have lost to the Browns. Like I, I have a tough time. I don't like a win is a win, but that was a yucky win. That was that was when you're like, yeah, yeah, we, we we hey, that's one of those ones that if you're in Nashville right now and you run into a Titan, you go like, hey, I, I didn't see a score. How'd you guys do this week? Like, well, we won. We beat the Browns. You did? Oh, congrats! Like, yeah, how was the score? Like nine six. That's in one overtime. of those. That's one of those things like in hockey. If you lose in overtime, they give you a tie. Yeah. That that win for the Titans should actually count, count as, as a tie. tie. I like that. Like the Browns that's get a loss, but the bad, Titans that's get a not, tie. That's not a that's not a bad suggestion. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You got a dude. <laughs> 
Now, is he going to be John Elway? I don't know. But I think it's fair to conclude that when he's right health-wise, he's a top 10, top 15 quarterback. I think he's better than that. But at minimum, if he's right health-wise, top 10, top. And once you have one of those guys, you are far better off holding on to that than you are trading and trying to draft a guy who you, who you might know. Right? It's the devil you know versus the devil you do not. So yesterday, after a frustrating game, which they're beating 27-0 by the Jacksonville Jaguars, T.Y. Hilton there. I don't use the term star. T.Y. Hilton is not a star in this league. Do you know who T.Y. Hilton is? You do. You know him because you didn't hear of him, then you did hear of him. And he has the T.Y. touchdown thing where he does the initials, which is cool. Is he a top 20 wide receiver in this league? He is not. Well, he's not not bad. He's our best wide receiver. Game went poorly. He said this. He was winning our matchup. The O-line just got to play better. Uh, for, as far as receiving, nothing could change. We got to uh, take some pride up front and, you know, block for them, you know. What if we put them back there and take those hits? So uh, we got to start up front, man. Once we get a, the O-line going, back in rhythm, we'll be fine. All right, so he, he said nothing about the wide receivers. We can't, we don't have to do anything better. This thing starts up front. Now, fairness, he didn't call it his quarterback, didn't call it his coach, but call out your boys like that, the big fellas? Here's T.Y. apologizing. First and foremost, uh, I'd like to apologize to the team and the old line. You know, it was out of character. I'm frustrated, you know, how the game went. But at the end of the day, man, I got their back. You know, I love them to death. And, you know, I was wrong, you know. I'm always against that, and then I go out there and do it. Yeah, I'm just frustrated, man. And at the end of the day, you know, I just want to win. But at the end of the day, I just can't do that. Um, so, for me, I just got to go out there, you know, just just play play my game, you know. And, you know, just have, have each other back at the same time. He said, I'm always against that. I go out there and do it. 100% I messed up. All me. I'm sorry for that. I'm a leader, and those guys look up to me. I kind of stabbed them in the back. And I approached them. I'll approach them individually, one-on-one, let them know that I was 100% dead-ass wrong. Now, he didn't kind of stab in the back. He did stab in the back. And that's like, not be, you can't be kind of pregnant, right? But for the most part, like, you hear, I... Uh, uh, end of the day, I got their back. I love them to death. I was, you hear, I was wrong. 100% I messed up. All me. I'm sorry. I'm a leader. I st- kind of stabbed them in the back. I'll go up to them 101. I'm one-on-one. That's a good apology, especially from a dude. Hey, that's all, all me. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. During the Seahawks game, there was a little bit of a sideline kerfuffle with Doug Baldwin and the offense. It felt like the offensive coordinator, and there was some arguing because they weren't scoring, they weren't protecting Russell Wilson, and he wasn't getting the ball very early on. And between that, their inability to run the football, and then I I watched the Steelers, and now Martavis Bryant supposedly wants to be traded here. A guy has been suspended for parts of the past two seasons because of... uh, violations of the league's substance abuse policy. You go back a couple weeks ago, Antonio Brown getting mad he didn't get the football. Le'Veon Bell finally gets the ball. Everybody else unhappy. And I don't know, you watch these two teams and between Ben Roethlisberger and the retirement talk, Antonio Brown not being happy, Le'Veon Bell not getting the ball enough, but him being unhappy with his contract. Um, Doug Baldwin throwing a hissy fit. 
the lack of offensive line protection for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's never really gotten along with the guys in the defensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, side of the ball guys are super, super opinionated. I don't know, just feels like here's two teams that could legitimately meet for a uh, to win a Super Bowl. Right? And yet, it also feels like both these teams are going to blow up their rosters before next season. Feel like that to anybody else? Like, yep, we're going to get all we can out of this current group, but this is not exactly kumbaya. It's probably going to go to hell in a handbasket, but if it doesn't, we'll just ride it out, and then we're going to fix things in the offseason. Byer, you're a Seahawks fan. I'm not the only one who thinks that, am I? You know, I look at the two teams that you put, and I think that Pittsburgh is most likely to change. What we have seen from, at least with personnel on the field, I think that the Seahawks likely will still keep this core together. There could be changes at offensive coordinator or Tom Cable as their offensive line coach. That could be something that they could look at if things don't improve throughout the season. But Pittsburgh, you've got Ben talking retirement. You've talked about Martavis Bryant's trade requests. You've got Le'Veon Bell, who's playing under the franchise tag for $12 million. How much do you want to pay him? Who knows what happens with Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator. And now, realistically, Doug, I think Pittsburgh, as you talk about their defense becoming better and better, maybe that's what Pittsburgh's going to hang their hat on over the next five or ten years. I think the change you would most likely see would come from the Steelers because I just have no idea what their future holds on the offensive side of the ball. No, I would agree, but I also think that, you know, Seahawks, it's it's you had the Richard Sherman and the talk of, uh, of them floating them out there to be traded. Um, you, you know, you have all of these huge personalities on defense, and look, they're still pretty good, right? They're not a bad football team. But they're not as crazy dominant as they've been defensively. And some of that is when you don't have an offense that can keep them off the field as yes. much. That, yes. that you're, they're going to be taking more snaps and and they, they won't be as good. So that's completely and totally reasonable. But I do think that the sideline arguments, the, uh, the, the stuff between Sherman and Russell Wilson is real. The stuff between Sherman... And front office is real. And I would agree with you. I do think that Pittsburgh feels like a little bit more of a dumpster fire. Uh, but it's a dumpster fire to which, maybe not a dumpster fire, just a dysfunctional, though successful team. And I think that's kind of where we are with Seattle. They, you know, like, they they should have lost to the Rams. I mean, Cooper Cup catches that ball. The Rams, by the way, are 5-1 and one on the season. Should have lost to the Rams. And right now, things are still going relatively well. And it's still a little bit turbulent. If they hit a rough patch, I think it's going to go to hell in a handbasket. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You think you know something in the NFL and then and then you don't. Like Kansas City is the best team in the league by some people, and they were last undefeated team. Now they've lost two in a row. San Diego's 0-4. Now they've won three in a row. Broncos defense, awesome, but their offense is so bad, right? Cam Newton's bad, then Cam Newton's good, now Cam Newton's bad again. Uh, the Patriots, their defense was awful, right? Atrocious. And without two cornerbacks, they take on the Falcons, rematch the Super Bowl, and the Falcons can't move the football against them. So, like, what? There's a just, I need help. And so every Monday, we call on D'Angelo Williams, former uh, Pro Bowler, two-time Pro Bowler, joining us 
on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's start. Let's kind of work backwards. Last night, the Patriots at home looked like the Patriots at home are supposed to look. Only problem is that's not how the Patriots have looked at home this year. What went so wrong for that Falcons offense, Dee? <laughs> what went so wrong? Like, I, I, I'm not so sure that they're not doing what they did last year. They did a lot of play action last year and kept people off guard. They're not doing that this year. They, they're not doing much play action at all. They're just either lining up running the football or they're lining up drop back passing. And I don't think that offense is created that way. Now, the thing that I, I like about New England is they went back to their roots. Uh, I've said this all along, man. I don't care who you are. You either believe in a system or you believe in the play of the player, which will be the all pro or the, the pro bowler. Uh, and you, you can't take superstars and plug them in a defense and expect your system to work because those guys are not good within that system. However, if you take those guys out and you run your system, i.e. Uh, New England this week, last weekend or uh, last night, you get the production that you get out of your defense because everybody's on board with what you have and what you say. So what they do? They went. They 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 change what they're doing to fit their personnel better. They 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 didn't change anything that they did to fit their personnel better. They simply just lined up and believed in the system. You have these guys. You said they played without two corners last night, right? Mm-hmm. The one of the corners was uh, Gilmore, mm-hmm. which is a sixty-five million dollar player, which is a great player when he's allowed to play his game, not play within the system. Because he's not a system corner. He's one of those, let me go man-to-man, let me do bump and run. That's not what we do in this system. This is not how New England operates. So you plug that guy into a system, and it's going to be tough because he's fighting his the potential that he has and what he sees versus on what he's supposed to do within the system. Now do you get what I'm saying? I do get you. I, do, I get exactly what you're saying. I get exactly so what you're you, saying. So you, you take that guy out. Now you can just run your system because the guy behind him doesn't have the luxury of doing what he wants to do on his own, i.e. Malcolm Butler a couple weeks ago when he's playing Cam Newton and that offense, he drops back and he gets a pick because uh, he bails off of his guy because he's taking chances. That's not within the system. That's him as a player and him evolving. There's some guys that can play within the system. There's some guys that cannot. But the ones that can play within the system are few and far between. And Malcolm Butler is one of those that I – I want to say he could play, but every now and then, you know, uh, <laughs> he get burned. So you can't just say he's just reliable as anybody else. Uh, let's let's go to the New Orleans Saints. Are they good now? Like, did we did we all miss? Are they good? I, I'm gonna tell you something, man. That that NFC South, man, just in general, is sketchy. Uh, this is the sketchiest year of all of football, the NFC South has been for me because the last two years, I would have said the NFC South was the most competitive uh, division in football only because for the last two years, they put a team into the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons went uh, uh, one year and then the year before that, the Carolina Panthers went. So I would have called them the most competitive division. Now it's not even, like you don't even know who's going to win from week to week and you don't even know how competitive it's going to be. You don't know if you're going to get Dr. Jekyll or Mr. High with Cam Newton, you, you never know if New Orleans defense is going to show up. You don't, you don't know anything. There's nothing solid about that uh, NFC South division but one thing. 
And that one thing is, is Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to give you a good game, but they won't win it. Uh, let, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, your former team. You said it a long time ago. Nothing wrong with Le'Veon Bell. Just give Le'Veon Bell the ball. The past two yeah. weeks, they've given him the football. He had, what, 175 last week, this week, 134 on 35 carries. I guess the only question is, is now all right with the world, right? Have they fixed all their problems? Because Ben is still, Ben's fine, he's good. Um, but is is this, can they win big with this game plan? Absolutely. That's how they're built. And I told you this when the season started. They're not this team that's going to drop back and command the attention of a passing quarterback with the receivers that they have, which is crazy for people to even think about that because A.B. go bananas every game for 100 and some odd yards. And you're just like, but he's the only one. He's the only one with all the weapons because this is a run first. This is stiller football. Run, run, pass. Run, run, pass. It's always been like that. So when they opened up the season throwing the ball, I was like, this is definitely that punishment package for Le'Veon for not going into um not going to uh training camp. camp. Yeah. That yeah, that's what it was. It was him not going to training camp and it was that punishment package and they wanted to see they wanted to show him, hey, we could do this without you. Well, they showed themselves that they can't. So he's gonna be due for a big payday at the end of the year. Because they're gonna have to figure out they're gonna have to replace Ben because Ben's gonna be done. Ben's having a tough time this year throwing the football because they only threw it twenty four times and Le'Veon ran it thirty five times. Yep. So for the last two or three weeks, they obviously know that they've been struggling at that position. So how do you help a struggling passing offense? You run the ball. Ask the Arizona Cardinals because they could have used a lot of that this weekend. And what happened to Arizona Cardinals this weekend is what I thought was going to happen to them last weekend. But AP proved me wrong last weekend. But he also proved me wrong this weekend because I thought he was going to go for a big game this weekend, and he didn't. He gave me 21 yards on 11 carries, although I know Carson Palmer got knocked out of the game. But still. I'm having a tough time with the Cowboys. Uh, they get Sean Lee back, which obviously makes them much better against the run. They had, a, they had a week off, which made them all healthy, and they, they still have Ezekiel Elliott. But they're playing against C.J. Beathard, who's a rookie quarterback with the Niners. The Niners aren't any good. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out how good the Cowboys are. Can you help me? Man, I, they're 3-3. Three and three. <laughs> They're average. <laughs> that's, what, that's what kind of team that they are. Uh, they're, they're an average football team with high expectations and high hopes that people, they, they don't even want to see that. They don't even want to see that at all. They, as long as they're better than the Giants, people can they can stomach that. Uh, I think Philly's going to win that division hands down. It's not even going to be close. All right, so uh, Phil, because, I, I want to get to that because Philly takes on the Redskins tonight. Uh, right. Cousins, a guy who obviously has wanted to get paid. They're three and two. Uh, you got the Eagles yeah. who are undefeated at home. And look, Carson Wentz has played very, very well when he's had time to throw the football. Are you a Carson Wentz guy? Are you a believer? In the church I, of Carson a, Wentz. I'm, no, I'm not in. I'm not in the Carson Wentz. I'm not in the. I don't believe in him. What I do believe in is that damn defense that they got over there in Philadelphia. I do believe in that defense. You can get to the Super Bowl and you can win a lot of football games if your quarterback doesn't turn the ball over and your defense get turnovers and pressure on them. This this game, you know how you play this game, uh, Doug. Yeah. You play this game by outscoring your opponent. 3-0 is outscoring your opponent. 2-0 is outscoring your opponent. This this is the type of defense that Philadelphia has with Graham, with Big Cox coming. They have everything that they need 
on defense, and they're playing well with each other. That's what people don't understand. Everybody's saying Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz. They said the same thing two years ago with Cam Newton when he won the MVP and didn't give that defense any credit, and they was tops in the league at every position. I'm like, you guys, I, we got to find a reason for them to be good, and we can't give it to the defense. It has to be the offense. This is what I call the Trent Dilfer age, where Trent Dilfer benefited from a great defense and the quarterback get all the accolades. Last thing, uh, Seahawks won again. They took down the Giants. Yeah. Giants aren't very good. But you see Doug Baldwin guys getting into it on the sideline. Now, look, anybody's any, ever played any high-level competitive sport. I said it last week when there's the Bulls. Miritich got in a fight and got knocked out by Bobby Portis. Like, fights happen. Arguments happen. It's grown men. They're alpha males, whatever. But it, it does seem like it does seem like Seattle walks on the uh, right on the edge, right, right close to the subway analogy is the third rail. They walk really close to that third rail often. Does the dysfunction uh, ever lead to this thing ever collapsing? Because they've been able to somehow survive it with a defense not really into Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin not really into the play call. They've been able to survive in the past. Does that remain as such? It, it does. It, there, there's what's crazy is is like that dysfunctional family that everybody see that don't think and cope with existence is the only way that they can cope with existence is the simple fact that they're dysfunctional. And that's what people don't understand. The Pittsburgh Steelers have played the best and Seattle has played the best when it's dysfunctional and what it seems like they're almost about to implode from an outside perspective, but people don't understand that in the inside, all you guys are doing are making them closer to each other. Like, we can only trust each other. Let's go out here and do it for each other. And, like, simply and truly mean it. I love when I see guys blow up on the sideline. It let me know it means something to them. The guys that don't blow up on the sideline and have a smile and be like, ah, oh, it's going to be okay, those are the guys you need to worry about because they just lost that passion for football. I love seeing Doug have a fit on the sideline. I don't care if it's coach, player. Like, that is good for the game because me as a kid, if I see that, um, I'm like, man, he really cares about football. I understand what it takes because it takes a lot to play at that level and to be productive the way that these guys are productive. And they want the ball because they feel and know that they can help their teams win. Great stuff from D'Angelo Williams, of course, two-time Pro Bowler, joins us every week in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, D'Angelo, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, man. I, I do have to say this, Doug, uh, before I get off. And I, I've never said this ever before, but the most competitive division in the National Football League today, and I hate to say this, is the AFC East, not because of New England, but because of Buffalo, Miami, and the New York Jets. I, I, and it hurt I, and, me and to say that. Not just, not just as it hurts you, but it's weird because everybody thought the Jets would stink and they're competitive. I think everybody thought Buffalo was, they were getting rid of parts so they can make moves in the offseason. Sean McDermott brings in his own GM. They start get, giving, getting rid of guys that they didn't like, thinking they were a year or two years away, see what they thought from Tyrod Taylor. And, uh, and and even the Dolphins, you know, who they might be, they're probably better sitting Jay Cutler and playing Matt Moore. The answer was right in front of them. Right, right, yes. They've always had that. I don't know why they brought Jay Cutler in anyway. They just wanted to, I guess they wanted to donate $10 million to their local <laughs> charity. I'm not sure. But but the point is, it's not just that you're you're right, but that how surprising it is that those teams are competitive. Maybe equally surprising is yeah. the Patriots aren't as dominant, with the exception of last night, as they had been previously. Absolutely. And and you look at it in like any one of those three teams, this is the only division in football where there's two teams only a half a game back. And and then the Jets are two games back 
But looking at looking at their schedule, New England has the offense, but the defense is finicky. Buffalo has the defense, and their offense is sketchy. So everybody's weakness and everybody's strength plays to each other's weaknesses and strengths. So they kind of offset each other. So, I mean, this New England game, when they play Buffalo again, can come down to special teams. D'Angelo, great stuff, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thank you, man. All right, that uh, NFL discussion is brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Let's bring in Dan Beyer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Anthony Heron joins the show. He played football at Iowa, works for the Pac-12 Network, joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, what the hell happened to USC this past Saturday? <laughs> they got pushed around, Doug, at a much higher level than we've seen them get pushed around previously this season. And, you know, that is including a team like Utah on their schedule who they were able to go toe-to-toe with early on. But part of the reason they were able to do that earlier in the year is because they weren't nearly as beat up back then as we've seen the Trojans get to at this point. You know, they've got a true freshman starting at right tackle. They've got several members of their front seven on defense who are no longer able to be in the game for them. And, you know, they're far closer at this point in their program to where they were, you know, let's say back during the Lane Kiffin era as far as the scholarship limitations and all that. But right now, they're a team who just isn't in a position to withstand the attrition that we've seen them going through at several key physical spots this year. And, you know, as much as I love Sam Darnold, uh, I believe I said it to you during the preseason. I know I said it on Collins' show. His inability to consistently protect the football was definitely going to be one of the separating factors for USC this season. You know, they were going to be a team in the Pac-12 championship picture regardless, but as far as being a team in the national championship picture, that's where the Rebels are going to beat the road, whether or not Sam Darnold could figure out how to protect the football in a more consistent manner. And he just hasn't this season. Uh, there is at least one report that as of now, he's planning on coming back to school for a year. Uh, I, I don't, it's not that I don't believe the report to be valid. It's that, you know, let me know when, once we get to January, right? Like the, let's not, <laughs> no one's making a decision with half of the season still to be played. What are your thoughts on, on the idea of Sam Donald going pro? I draw a number of comparisons between Sam Donald at this point in his development and Jameis Winston, his last season at Florida State. You know, each came in as freshman quarterbacks, just like a ball of fire, made a lot of very exciting plays, a lot of highlight reels, rung off a lot of victories in a row. Of course, Jameis Winston led Florida State to a national championship. Sam Donald had to, quote-unquote, settle for leading USC to a Rose Bowl championship. And then coming back the following season, where just the, the pure skill that each of these individuals have as passers. Now, Donald is a, a more mobile quarterback. Jameis Winston doesn't get credit for as mobile as he is, but Sam Donald certainly more mobile, more apt to run with the football than Jameis was at this point in his development. But each of these guys can throw the football in a manner that, that goes beyond where they're at in their development as college players because it's not just – the sheer arm strength. It's not even just the ability to anticipate. It's the trajectory, the way they can lost the football where it will quickly rise over a linebacker and drop down right into the bucket to a tight end or to a defensive back, some of the hole shots that they hit. So they've got the full arsenal available to them, but 
part of the thing that does is you're still throwing two college players. And also, maybe you haven't completely refined some of this very sharp, very precise skill that you have as a passer and the willingness to take shots in tight windows and anticipate things earlier than anyone else on the field is seeing them, it leads to a lot of turnovers, not just in throwing the football, but Darnold's willingness to extend the play has led to a lot of fumbles as well. So I see him on the field in that Jameis Winston vein as a guy who, once he goes through the combine process, if he chooses to do so, folks are going to fall in love with him. He certainly got a high IQ for the game of football. So if he does, Start to put some feelers out. Folks are telling him, hey, you, you got a shot at not just being a top five pick, maybe number one overall pick. It would be difficult to say no to that. But do I believe he would benefit from another year in college? I think he would because it's just more reps, more competitive reps right. at the major college football level. Um, you know, I, I watched both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State survive. Oklahoma came back and beat Kansas State. Oklahoma State, who before Saturday was the most prolific offense in the country, uh, they won 13-10 in overtime, mostly because of their defense. But one of the things that both teams did around the goal line and definitely in red zone was this Wildcat stuff. or You know, taking their starting quarterback, putting him out wide, or taking Baker Mayfield completely off the field. And we actually talked with Justin Wilcox, who, as I, I know you know, he's been defensive coordinator everywhere, head coach of the Cal Bears, and he's like, look, it makes it 11-on-11. You know, it, it changes assignments. It makes it easier to block. It's harder to stop. And from a defensive coordinator's perspective, that's a really hard thing. But when you have Mayfield and, I mean, when you have one of these elite quarterbacks, why would you take the ball out of their hands and give it to a running back who has no chance of throwing it? <laughs> well, it's, a lot of it just depends on the field position that you're doing it from. But one of the things you gain is, is that additional blocking surface. You know, when, when Justin was talking about going 11 on 11, because normally as a defender, we're, and I was a defensive lineman by trade, so normally on that side of the ball, we're not accounting for the quarterback as a runner up until, you know, just this advent of all this, the Wildcat single wing stuff the teams are doing now. But in sort of your standard football play where the quarterback is taking the ball from center and dropping back as a passer, you're not accounting a defender in the box for that advent of his run. Now when you have that running option as the quarterback, when teams are going full-on wildcat, you know, even where it was a Tim Tebow type at Florida where you could go QB power, you know, you can run plays that are going to go right into the teeth of the defense and know that the person who's getting the snap from center has the ability to run with some physicality into the teeth of the defense. It makes a big difference for how you can do that situationally. You know, I mean, a, a guy like Rich Rodriguez, QB power, isn't a big part of what he's doing with Khalil Tate Man. at Arizona, but there's certain more of these these power spread teams, these power read option teams who do a lot of those things like Urban Meyer does and have become, you know, a big part of what makes offenses successful at the collegiate level. Yeah, boy, I like watching Khalil Tate run the football for Arizona. They took down Cal uh, this past weekend. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, Anthony Heron joining us, played at Iowa, works for the Pac-12 Network, knows all of college football I watched Notre Dame against Georgia and felt like as good as their offensive line was, a little overmatched athletically. Then I watched them this past weekend against SC, and as you point out, SC is depleted in many key areas in in both offensive and defensive line, but Notre Dame completely and thoroughly dominated the line of scrimmage. Have they improved, or was it simply the quality of competition? Well, it's both, but one of the things that really stuck out to me in watching the game back with Brandon Wimbush, who still isn't the most accurate passer in the world, but you can see the progression he's starting to make just to at least be able to complete and even attempt 
situational spot throws. You know, he, he may not be a 60% completion quarterback anytime soon. I mean, and part of his the weapons on the outside for Notre Dame are still rounding in the form. They're still developing as well. But him being able to go back shoulder with the ball in certain situations, him being able to spot the back pylon, you know, the, the back line of the end zone and be able to target receivers back there after progressing through his reads. Those are things that you weren't seeing Brandon Wimbush doing earlier in the year. So from a sheer run game standpoint, having Wimbush as that additional run threat, you know, when you've got a running quarterback and a power run game, you're still basically a one-dimensional offense. But when that quarterback can also harm defenses, when you know extra bodies have to be committed to the box to try and stop one of the top rushing attacks in college football, and then that QB can take advantage of one-on-one matchups, then he's part of the reason that's dictated. He can take advantage of those with his arm and target passes in ways that his receivers are the main ones with an opportunity, then that rolls this Notre Dame offense into the next phase of their progression. So it's going to be a very entertaining thing to see whether or not Brian Kelly decides he does want to because he's had some high-level passers throughout his time as a coach in multiple stops. Does he want to try to unleash that part of the Notre Dame offense even more now that he's showing a bit of action in there? Or do we stay within the confines of the box and the framework of what's really made them one of the more physical teams in college football this season? All right, uh, last thing. Penn State takes on Ohio State. They dismantled Michigan. Uh, felt like they were ready from the jump. Now, look, they, they put their running back at wildcat position and got him got him off early. Uh, but, uh, but you know, look, this is a Penn State team that's been on fire since getting blown out by Michigan last year this time. Now they head into the shoe fresh off the win over Michigan. Is there any carry? Is there any carryover? You beat Michigan. Does it beat you up before you play Ohio State, or is there no carryover to that game? I don't think it beats you up immensely because of the way the game went. And you know, kudos to to Joe Moorhead, Vince Franklin for some of the things they did. Because I, I said it on the herd just at the end of the week last week. I anticipated Michigan would come in and be able to physically stand up to it in some phases dominate, especially on the line of scrimmage. I thought Michigan had a big edge on both the offensive and defensive line, even though Penn State had a big skill advantage at quarterback and at tailback. But one of the things they did, you mentioned what they did in using Saquon Barkley in that Wildcat and just having some other wrinkles offensively to make sure they got him out in space. I would say this, you know, if Barkley wasn't on the team, McSorley would be a guy square in the middle of the Heisman Trophy discussion because of some of the things he's able to do as a multidimensional talent. The intangible of that game, to me, for Penn State, is far more important than the tangible because they've been a talented team physically for a couple of years now. But to be able to, you know, the wideout's great and everything, but it's not like Penn State is undefeated when they're doing a wideout in Happy Valley. But what they were able to do in taking one of college football's best defenses, hit them in the nose when they needed to, also out-scheme them and get playmakers in space when they needed to as well. And to do that, under just the, the, the white-hot glare of expectation as the number two team in the country. I mean, you've been around sports for so long, that You know how this tends to work. A lot of times, teams look great until you actually put them on a pedestal and until folks start to pat them on the back. Penn State's been getting patted on the back for a few weeks now. I thought that would end up biting them in the tail going into that Michigan game. It didn't at all. They looked angry. They looked aggressive. I think they're going to look very much like that going into Columbus this week. The difference to me is Ohio State's just a better football team than Penn State. So I still don't think Penn State's going to come out with a win this week, but I have so much more faith in what they bring to the table, both on the field and 
upstairs, just within their heart, within their soul, what they're going to do. So it won't surprise me if they come out with a win, but just from a sheer pick standpoint, I still think Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten. Great stuff. Anthony Heron, check him out on the Pac-12 Network. Of course, he joins us. He joins Colin Cowherd's show, outstanding player at Iowa, and even better analyst here on Fox Sports. Anthony, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Doug. Thanks for having me. All right, pleasure is mine. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.